to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about the voice of authority. I want to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and look at the story of Samuel. I want to read it first, and then we'll go through and break it down, and I just have a few very simple points, but I really believe this is an on-time word from the Lord for you today, especially in our culture today that really uh, wants to push back on authority. Uh, You'll hear terms being thrown around today like uh, the patriarchy, the oppressive patriarchy and and things like that. And that's really at the heart of feminism and the woke movement and postmodernism. And so we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But let me first read the story of Samuel because I believe there's a hidden prophetic key in the story, embedded in the story of Samuel that will bless and encourage you this week. Uh, It's really an amazing hidden key in there. So let me go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're just going to read the first few verses, and uh, you may be familiar with this. I'm reading out of the King James, and so it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, or basically it was rare. It says, There was no open vision. Oh, we could plow right there, but we got to stick on topic. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark was, and Samuel laid down to sleep. So here's one more hidden key, and, and we don't have time to plow right here. This may be a separate podcast. But Samuel slept under the ark, and the ark represents the presence of God. There's a key to resting in the presence of God, and that's your Hebrews 4 moment that I wanted to interject, uh, and that's just a, a little nugget you can take with you. There was uh, The fact that Samuel slept under the ark is important. It's not missed on me. All right, verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I. Well, this is another hidden nugget, and this is a, he would have used the Hebrew word Hineni, and we did a whole podcast on Hineni. That's not just here am I or here I am. That's an entire concept rooted around submitting your life to the Lord, and so there's so, there's so much in this story that we can mine out, but I want to stick to the the part about the authoritative voice of God. Verse 5, And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here am I, for thou hast called me. He would have said, Hanani, you called me. (laughs) And he said, I called not. Lie down again, and he went to lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Hanani, here am I. For didst thou call me? And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Oh, here's another nugget. So uh, what it's saying is you can know the word, but then you can also know the word in a revealed way. And that means uh, prophetically that the Holy Spirit has to enlighten the Word to you for that deeper level of understanding. Oh my goodness, this is power-packed. We may have to do more podcasts just on this passage. Verse 8, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose, and he went to Eli, and said, Hanani, here am I. 
for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Here's another nugget. We've already mined out four nuggets that are aside from our main point. Uh, Eli had to perceive. He had to use discernment. He had to say, oh, wait, this, maybe this is the Lord. It took him a minute, but he got there. Uh, verse 9, Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Here's another one, another nugget, knowing your place. Uh, whoa, all right. And the Lord came and stood. Well, Selah, Paul's right there. The Lord came and stood. Whoa, let that sink in. When you are resting in his presence, when you are obeying your authority, when you are seeking after the Lord, the Lord's going to come to you and stand. Wow. It says, And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel. Samuel. He said his name twice. Amazing. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And then the Lord goes on to actually give him a prophecy that is against Eli and his house, and it's a, it's a major turning point for the nation of Israel. Samuel's just a little boy. But here's the key. Here's this, the part, the prophetic part, that I believe will bless you for, the, for this right now word for you. When God speaks to us, now let me stop right there. We have based this entire podcast. This is called the Practical Prophetic. This is breaking down, making the prophetic uh, user-friendly, if you will, something that you can apply to your everyday life. And it's based off of the word for prophecy in your Bible, in the King James Bible. And that word is translated from a Hebrew word. Now, Hebrew words have root words, and you can never take away from the root word meaning. But then they have expanded definitions, just like a hub and spokes on a wheel. The wheel must have the hub to roll. You can add spokes onto it, but the hub has to stay the same. And that hub word for prophecy is Naba, Strong's H5012, which means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. Now, you can add on to that someone in the office of a prophet is the Nebuah. You can add on to that with um, all these other definitions that are expanded definitions of prophecy, but the essence is inspired of the Holy Spirit. Now, just like here in the South, we can say Coke, or, you know, up North they'll say pop. Well, what does that mean? There can be about a dozen flavors. There can be Coke, Diet Coke, Coke Zero, <laughs> all these, uh, Cherry Coke, um, Caffeine-Free Coke, you know, there's all these variations, much like the word wills. Well, Samuel is going to touch on a principle here, a prophetic principle. And we've said that when the Lord communicates with us, okay, communicates, what I'm basically saying is how the Lord communes with us. And, and that means uh, how, how we communicate, how we commune. And another word for commune can be prayer. So when God speaks to you, that's a form of prayer. When you speak to God, that is prayer. And how do we communicate? How does a supernatural being like the Lord communicate with us? He does it through the Holy Spirit by accessing typically our five senses. 
seeing and hearing being the primary of those. And so that's how the Lord communicates with us. Well, it doesn't say that Samuel saw the Lord. He kept running to Eli, but it said he heard the Lord. But here's here's the key. Here's this uh, dig deeper part, something that's implied and it's not on the surface and it's prophetic. And it takes that, the Holy Spirit revealing it to you level. This is the prophetic level, is that God spoke to Samuel in a voice that sounded like the voice of his authority. Let that sink in for just a minute. When God speaks to us, it is typically in a voice of authority. So typically, and I've given so many examples of this, that God will speak to us inside our mind. Most of the time, it will be in our own voice, just like those conversations you have with yourself inside your mind. That's called your stream of consciousness. You talk to yourself inside your mind. You know, when, for example, you're leaving the house to go on vacation and you say to yourself, did I forget to turn off the, you know, the iron? <laughs> that That's the conversation. There's so many movies. Uh, movies have a, a great way of demonstrating this where you get to be privy to the conversation someone is having with their self inside their mind, usually in the form of like their insecurities or preparing for a speech or a date or, you know, they'll be saying, does my hair look okay? You know, do I look presentable? What am I going to say? Here's my talking points. You know, And so you get privy, you get access through a movie they can demonstrate what that is like. So when when Samuel heard the voice of God, it sounded like the voice of Eli because Eli was his authority. And I can testify to this. You know, most of the times when the Lord will speak to me, it will be in my own voice because I'm f- that's familiar to me. It's, uh, it's, it's not jarring. But I typically know that it's the Lord. Well, there's a couple ways you can know. Number one, he's never going to contradict himself in Scripture. Anything the Lord says is going to be consistent with his nature and his word. And so that's a, that's a rule. That's something you can go back to our prophetic guidelines and rules and look at that. He's, he's always going to be consistent with his word. But another thing that God will do is speak to us often in an authoritative tone or in a voice of our authority. I've given examples where one time I was driving and I was about to turn. It was basically a shortcut through a a pass through some hills. Uh, we don't exactly have mountains here, but we have hills. And uh, But it was a curvy road, and it was known to have uh, wrecks on this road, very tight curves and, and blind curves. And I was going to take that road, and I heard, uh, I don't know if it was audibly, but it was definitely, I did hear it in my mind, I believe it could have been audibly because it was so jarring, but it was an authoritative tone, and it was in a male voice. And, it, and the voice in my, you know, that was so loud to me in my car as I was there alone was, do not go that way. And I knew that that was the Lord's protection over my life. I didn't question it. I didn't second guess it. Uh, I was familiar with the voice of the Lord, not necessarily exactly in that way. So it did not, um, you know, freak me out or scare me, although it did get my attention (laughs) and uh, I obeyed that. I I submitted to that voice and I obeyed because I recognized the voice of authority. And so I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about the reason God may be speaking to us oftentimes in an authoritative tone or an authoritative voice or to sound like the voice of our authority. 
This, this is actually a really deep study, and, and I wish I had more time to really uh, lay this out, but there's a book that impacted me years ago, and you can get it free in the PDF form online. It's a book that's very old. I believe it was published in the 70s by a man named Watchman Nee. Uh, he wrote a book called Spiritual Authority, and it's considered a classic modern uh, Christian book on spiritual living, spiritual authority, and uh I just want to plow for just a minute on authority and why God may speak to you oftentimes in an authoritative voice or the voice of authority or a recognizable voice of authority in your life. Uh, we live in this postmodern culture, this woke culture where uh, you'll hear, especially if you're around college kids or, or intellectual crowd, you'll hear things about, you know, the patriarchy, the oppressive patriarchy, and that they want to, we're under uh, deconstruction and the feminization of society for, uh, you know, all that stuff, which is postmodernism, which is actually rooted in French philosophy. The, there's two revolutions in history. I'll just take one minute on this. The American Revolution was, was basically based on religious freedom and uh, had that undercurrent to it. There was, a, there was a lot of religion infused into that, where the French Revolution was completely different. It was... Uh, not religious in nature. And so a lot of the thinking comes out of that. And so a long story short, uh, Oz Guinness is an, uh, an amazing Christian apologist. He does a fantastic job on parsing that out. But let me talk about authority for just one minute. I just have a few points about spiritual authority, uh, why God will speak to us in a voice of authority, because God ordained authority and established it. Uh, number two, we are required by the Word of God to submit to authority. In fact, we'll talk a little bit about the, the difference between uh, submission and rebellion and then, uh, to then obey that voice. And that's one of the most prophetic things you can do in your life. So uh, let's, let's touch on this for just a minute. Let me read a couple of scriptures about authority and we'll, we'll run through these. It says uh, right here in Romans 13, 1, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, what are some of those authorities? Well, in their time, they had a king. In our time, we have different forms of government with different forms of leaders. But we, uh, we decide to submit to those authorities. Another would be the family structure. I got news for you. The patriarchy is biblical. It uh, doesn't mean that, that women should be oppressed. It doesn't mean that women can't be in roles of authority. But inside the family, God has established an order of authority. Now, there's parameters that God gives us that society sometimes abuses and overlooks, and that, therefore, is at the root of our problems. Okay, uh, let's read another scripture. Oh, what's another? Okay, so let's look at another form of authority. There can be uh, religious authority. You have a pastor, and, and spiritually, your life should be submitted to the authorities God has placed over you in your church. Maybe you have, you know, a small group leader or whatever, a pastor, you know, especially if you're struggling in a certain area. You need to submit to your pastor's authority. If he's preaching the Word of God and preaching that there's things you should or should not do, then you need to submit to that. You need to obey. All right, Hebrews 13, 17 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. 
So it's about accountability. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So this is about accountability. We're all accountable to someone, and we're definitely all accountable to God. Let me read one more just so we can have a, a rounded view of authority, biblical authority. We know that in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, though, that all authority in heaven has been given to Jesus. And then also we know that God has given us delegated or limited authority in Luke ten nineteen, It says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So, and that, that's, uh, you know, there's a word of faith doctrine built on spiritual authority, and they're not wrong. But let me talk for just a minute, too. So that, that's about authority. I just wanted to touch on the overarching view of authority and that God establishes authority and that there are different levels or types of authority. Now, we can look at military to get an understanding of authority. You know, military has a clear hierarchy. It's easy to look at. There's other, you know, examples we can use, but that's just a very simple, easy one to look at. They use rank and command, and so their authority is very precise and divided out, so you can see that there's a general, you know, at the top, and then all the way down to a private uh, who you have ranks of authority. Well, we know that there's ranks of authority in heaven with the angels. We know there's ranks of authority uh, on the earth with different kings and kingdoms and how their governments are established. We know there's authority in the church. There's not only the pastor, but we know that there's elders and bishops and, you know, God has given clear authority structures. So the entire Bible starts off really with the idea of authority, which then sort of, if you can draw two lines under that, there's there's two options when presented with authority. There's either obedience, which is submission, or rebellion, and it's that simple. Satan rebelled. That, that caused a problem, and then man rebelled. And so that caused a problem for humanity, and that's why we need a Savior. And Jesus, who was obedient even unto death, came to set things straight. So authority is so important. Uh, authority is, is everything. You know, I was listening and watching. My mom has two little dogs, and they're really sweet dogs, but one of them, she just gets excited, and she doesn't really mind sometimes. And I was talking, you know, about some of the techniques I had watched with the dog whisperer. We were making jokes about her dog. Uh, but one of the things that he said that can really be useful, and it's also something Super Nanny said with parenting, is authority is, is all about your posture. It's about knowing who you are. And so you carry yourself with a posture of authority, and animals or children can immediately, innately recognize that. You know, uh, I think that the guy who's the dog whisperer, Caesar Milan, he talks about being the pack leader, being the alpha dog, and that you do that mainly with your body language and your posture. And so uh, one of those, though, that has to stem from knowing who you are, knowing that you're the pack leader. Well, I want to talk about how that can help us in a spiritual sense, just as a representation. We have to know who we are in Christ. You have to know who you are. You are the child of the King. 
a child of God, a child of the Most High, who has given you authority on the earth. Now, you don't have all authority, but He's given you some authority, and you have to choose to understand that you have that rank, that position, and the tools that come with that. And so posture is a big part of that. If, you, if you're always walking around complaining, oh, you know, moping around, I'm not going to ever do this or that, you know, your words have power. Uh, speech is another one. You know, there's so many old westerns where the, you know, the protagonist is in the movie and he's the gunslinger, but he, you know, he's going to confront the evil that's bullying the territory. And he's usually a, a quiet, strong type. You know, that old adage of speak softly and carry a big stick. You know, he has a big gun, a powerful gun, but he doesn't just use it, you know, all willy-nilly. He's very judicious, but he has a man of few words. I think of like Clint Eastwood, you know, go ahead, make my day. <laughs> he's not going to say a whole lot, but when he does, he's serious and it carries weight. Well, there's a lesson in that. You got to be armed with the word of God. You've got a big gun. You've got the word of God, and you don't need to. You need to know how to judiciously speak the word of God over situations, to to fire that ammunition at the enemy or at a situation in authority. There's this old thing about the uh, Opie and Andy Griffith, and one time. Barney Fife had pulled over this rough guys who were speeding or whatever, and he pulled them over, and he had on his, his, you know, his uniform, and they were giving him a hard time in this little episode, and Barney, he basically, they outmaneuvered him, you know, they outfoxed him, and he, he kind of went back to Andy with his tail between his legs, you know, defeated, and so Andy said, come on, Barney, you know, they got in the car, and they went back and caught up to those guys, and Andy pulled them over, and he basically told the guys, you see that badge right there? <laughs> he said, you know what's behind this badge? The police department of Mayberry, and you know what's behind the police department of Mayberry? The people of Mayberry, and you know what's behind that? The sheriff's office, and what's behind that is the state trooper, and what's behind that is the governor of Alabama, and behind that is the National Guard of Alabama, and you know, all the way up, and he went all the way up to the president of the United States, <laughs> and so he went through the entire chain of command, and uh, he confronted their rebellion. Of course, you know, they arrested him. And it was all, you know, great cautionary tale for everyone. But there's a principle and authority embedded in that episode of Andy Griffith. And so posture is about knowing who you are. Authority is a posture of knowing who you are. We need to know who we are in Christ because it changes your posture. It changes the way you carry yourself. You, you don't need to scream and yell at the devil. It's, it's being precise. You know, that speak softly and carry a big stick. You don't have to say all this, you know, stuff. No, no, no. Just quote the Word of God. That's the way Jesus handled temptation. And so uh, knowing who you are, taking that posture of authority. So the Lord spoke to Samuel in the voice of Eli. I love that. In the voice of his authority. And look, his authority at the time, Eli had issues. <laughs> I believe he loved God, but he, he was very lenient with his sons, and he tolerated a, a bunch of nonsense. And it says he became old, and his eyes became dim. He just was falling off the job, basically. And so Eli, uh, he permitted ungodliness. But 
we know that, that God speaks to us oftentimes in the voice of our authority. And so I just want to challenge you now if we, you know, just want to move into obedience. Uh, and I won't take much more of your time today. I know everybody's busy in this Christmas season. But you have to uh, submit to the Lord with your whole heart. Each time Samuel answered the voice he thought was Eli's that ended up being the Lord's voice, his answer was Hineni, which means fully surrendered to do anything you ask me to do, Lord. He was completely submitted in a posture of obedience. We know that in John fourteen fifteen it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's so simple. You know, the, the whole New Testament is summed up in Love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So if you love the Lord, then you will obey him. It's that simple. You know, we complicate things. We make things uh, so much more complex than they need to be. In Second John 1 verse 6, it says, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. That is so deep. I love that. You know, obedience is about submitting yourself fully to the Lord in love. If you love the Lord, then you will be obedient. It's just so simple. And uh, I just wanted to leave us with this concept about how God will often speak to us in the voice of our authority. So if you're uh, praying about something and you're seeking the voice of the Lord or seeking to hear from the Lord and you hear the voice of your earthly father in your mind or you hear the voice of your pastor, you maybe, you know, God brings to your remembrance something he preached and it just echoes in your mind. That's probably the Lord. I mean, if it lines up with scripture and it's affirming his word in your life, that's the Lord. You don't need to always second guess it. Uh, you know, if it's telling you something, you know, that's contrary to God's word or, or something that, you know, you, you, is out of left field, go seek counsel. That may not be the Lord. That may be pizza, a pizza dream. But if it lines up with God's word, if it's affirming something you felt like the Lord has already shown you in scripture, that's the Lord. And he will often speak to you in the voice of authority in your life. And if we can learn to submit to authority in our life, how much easier will it be to submit to God? And if we're submitted to God, then how much easier will it be to submit to authority in our life, especially when our authority is corrupt? Uh, look at Eli. He was not a perfect man, but, but Samuel still obeyed, the, obeyed Eli. And he went each time he did everything Eli told him to do. You know, we have leaders in our land today, maybe in state or national government or whatever, maybe in your church, that are imperfect leaders. But I believe, unless they're asking you to do something contrary to God's Word, of course, that's not, that's the, then you have the right to, God's Word supersedes what they're telling you to do, then, you know, you, you need to submit to your authority. Like I said, unless it's something contrary to God's Word, and then that's something you're going to need to pray about and seek counsel about, and, but then be bold. Uh, but you need to submit to authority. It's important. It's foundational in the Word of God. And so God often speaks to us in the voice 
of the authority God has placed in your life. I believe if you will yield and obey out of a heart of love for God, then God will bless you. And I pray that this message today blesses and encourages you as you listen for God's voice in your life this week. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.